Welcome to the Explore More podcast, where we hope to entertain, educate, and inspire you to get out of your comfort zone and into the outdoors. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kate. We're best friends bringing you all things adventure so you can explore more. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at exploremore.podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Explore More podcast. Today, it's just me, Kate. I'm doing a solo episode on how I like to plan my adventures. And just to start out, there's no right or wrong way to do this. This is kind of like my little recipe for how I plan things and what I use to gain ideas and inspiration on where to go. Yeah, so I figured maybe it'll give you guys a different perspective and maybe some new resources to get ideas on adventures to do. So I'm kind of going to break this down. They're going to overlap, but I'm kind of going to break this down into two different parts. So the first is like where to get location ideas and inspiration from. And then the second is going to be resources that I use to plan those trips and adventures, like just a little bit more of a deep dive into um, kind of more like specifically just apps and stuff that I use. So yeah, without further ado, we'll get into the first part. Um, so one of the main things that I use, and I, I know it probably sounds like kind of cliche, but is social media. So um, we kind of talked about this in the motivation episode, but I really, really believe in like, using social media as a tool and not letting it consume your life. And in doing that, if you're really intentional with like the things that you view, the things that you pay attention to and like following pages that inspire you or give you ideas or um, just do anything but like drain you and make you compare yourself to those pages, then you can really use it as a good resource. So like there's a ton of outdoor creator accounts. There's a ton of brands. There's so much information out there. If you do kind of want to get into like the outdoor space and you aren't currently in that space in social media, then like you can go to the exploremore.podcast account, see who we follow, follow them. Um, Just like on reels, it's kind of like the things that you watch that'll pop up more. So if there's any like travel accounts or like hiking or backpacking or like mountain biking or whatever you're wanting to kind of like test the waters with, then really be intentional about following those accounts. And along with following things, unfollow people. So like if you're someone who's sitting here going, oh, I don't really like social media and you don't really want to use it as, as a tool, I get that to each their own. But I really do encourage you to like get on social media and just unfollow accounts or people that drain you and If it's like a family member or someone, like you can mute them. I'm not kidding. I protect my social media pages like they're my babies because that's where I go to get a lot of ideas from. That's where I talk to a lot of people for like just like community type stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, if it's going to be something that kind of drains your mental health, obviously then don't use it. But it can be a really great resource if you kind of tailor your algorithm to more of like a tool than... I love social media for getting ideas. Um, Within social media, you can like look up hashtags. So if you end up finding a hike you want to do or like a region that you want to explore, then you can look up hashtags and there will be like multiple posts, even from just like regular Joe's and you can get a lot of information on that. You can look up locations, which is also really nice. But I will say usually the locations 
um, feature is only really great for the more popular places, but you never know what you can find. And then you can also reach out to creators and brands in their DMs and pick their brains too, which is nice. And if they don't respond, then that's totally fine too, but it could just be an extra resource for you to use within social media. Um, personally, I use Instagram and kind of Facebook. I'll touch more on like Facebook later, but I usually only use it for groups. So I'm mainly on Instagram. I don't have a TikTok. I'd assume it's kind of similar to Instagram with like the reels aspect. Um, not sure about Twitter, but yeah, a lot of outdoor content creators are on Instagram. The second place that I kind of get location ideas and inspiration from are books, movies, and shows. So with books, um, there's a ton of outdoor recreation books. There's like outdoor history type books. There's, yeah, there's kind of a book for like every place that you want to go or every recreation activity you want to do. I do know that I'm not exactly sure what like the brand of book is, but there's a lot of books on like hiking the fill in the blank. So, and it's usually like according to like forest or wilderness areas. So, um, those can be found a lot in like forest service offices or like, I'm, I'm sure you can find them at like Barnes and Noble and that kind of stuff. Like there's a ton of resources in books. There's a lot of, um, really great like trail breakdowns and ideas in books. So definitely don't underestimate the power of books. So with movies, this is kind of, um, a weird one, I guess. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of like outdoor movies and documentaries and that kind of stuff too, that talk very specifically about adventure, adventure type activities. But even if you're watching like the most random movie that has nothing to do with that kind of stuff. Like for instance, I was watching a movie called Tenet and it's very confusing, but it's a great movie. And I'm sucked into the show and literally in the middle of it, there's this scene and I was like, holy crap, that's gorgeous. And I grabbed my phone real quick and you can like pause the movie, do it while you're thinking about it. But I grabbed my phone, I looked up where that location was filmed and I found where it was. Thanks to Google, I love Google. <laughs> and anyway, so now that's on my bucket list for places to go. Turns out it was a town on the Amalfi coast of Italy, which don't even get me started on Italy. I want to go there so bad. That can be like a whole nother episode. But anyway, so if you're watching a show and you're or a movie and you're just like, whoa, that's so pretty, look up where it's filmed and I guarantee you can at least get a general idea of the location of wherever that scene is that you saw that you want to go to. Um, other shows, there's like Red Bull TV, Nat Geo, obviously, there's tons of documentaries um there's like it you could there's like a whole genre on netflix and disney plus and hulu and all that kind of stuff for like adventure films so if you want to tailor what you're watching specifically to that to get inspiration or ideas from then it's a great tool all right so another one that's a little bit more off the cuff is fire lookouts like forest fire lookouts and what these are are like cabins or like tall towers that are literally in the middle of nowhere usually. And they were used back in the day. Some of them are still manned. Um, but anyway, they were used to spot forest fires. And then the fire lookout ranger would either go put it out himself or he would call on a crew to come help him put it out. So there's a long, rich history on forest fire lookouts. Um, they're 
all over the West, even if they're not currently manned, you can still go to them. And the really cool thing about fire lookouts and why I wanted to touch on it is you almost get like a guaranteed panoramic, beautiful view because they have, you have to be able to see as a ranger sitting in a forest fire lookout, you have to be able to see. And so if you go to that place, you can kind of like a lot of them, you can climb up in them or if um, there is a ranger in it, you can go inside and talk to them. And they're just really cool, in my opinion. So if you want like a guaranteed, decent, at least decent, good view, most likely beautiful view, or you just um, want to look at, you know, some of the peaks in your area that usually have a fire lookout on top if it's in the West, then definitely check those out. You can find them. I know like in our area, it's the U.S. Forest Service. Usually it's like national forest lands, that kind of thing. So Um, definitely just give it a quick Google search. There's actually like books on that as well. So you can look up those and there's usually trails and roads right to them. So yeah, sometimes you can also rent them, which is really fun. My parents took me to rent one when I was, I think in like seventh or eighth grade, one of the freaking coolest experiences of my life. Like, oh my gosh, I definitely recommend that if you are in an area where you can rent a fire lookout for a night or like a weekend, I do highly suggest that that can like, I could do a whole episode on fire lookouts. I love them. They're so cool. So, um, yeah, one of my first actual big hikes was actually to a fire lookout in our, um, like more local area. It was beautiful. And then another thing, like if they are manned by an actual ranger, then go in and pick their brain about the area. Like it's so much fun. So there was actually, my cousin and I went down to the seven devils mountains in Idaho And there's a lookout there and it's manned in the summer. So, and the guy there is amazing. So we go up there and we're talking to him and we really didn't have any intentions on doing like any major hiking or anything like that. Like we were on a really, really tight schedule. So we are talking to him and we say, Hey, um, what would you do for a hike? If you were just looking like bang for your buck, like shorter hike, but has some really awesome views. And he goes, okay, well, I have the perfect trail for you guys. It's a little bit strenuous, but you guys can do it. Like, just be careful. And we're like, okay. So it was this trail called Goat Trail Pass. I think it's also now known as, like, Sheep Lake Shortcut. But it, like, legit follows a goat trail. It's not even, like, a real man-made trail. Um, And it's gotten a little more popular over the years. But when we went back, I think it was like 2017. It was not on all trails. It was not on any maps. It was not anywhere. We found out about it because of that forest ranger, which was really awesome. And anyway, we ended up going up it. It was like this crazy steep pitch. Like you gain a thousand feet in way less than a mile. It's so cool. It's so freaking pretty. And then you come up and you summit and it's this giant ridge that looks down into a beautiful lake under this really craggy, cool peak. And then you can keep going and drop down into Sheep Lake, which we ended up coming back and doing that hike as like Sarah and I's first backpacking trip the year after that. That's a totally different story for another time. But I'm just saying like to my point, forest fire lookouts and the rangers that man them, if they are manned, are just such a great resource for places to go and have such a rich knowledge and history. So definitely recommend if you're not familiar with those to check them out. And I'll shut up now about forest fire lookouts. (laughs) Um, The next place that I get a lot of ideas and inspiration on where to go to from is YouTube. So you can look up, oh my gosh, pretty much anything on YouTube. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, YouTube University, because 
YouTube has everything on it. Um, so even if you want to look up like, you know, hikes to do in Colorado or hikes to do in Oregon or hikes to do in the Pacific Northwest or hikes to do in a certain country or, you know, whatever, or like best road trips or, um, family friendly trips. Like there's a gazillion different things that you can look up on YouTube. And, um, there are certain YouTubers that post amazing, really in-depth, really beautiful content. And we'll probably do a whole other episode on like our favorite content creators that we like to watch and like follow for you guys. Cause that, that's like a whole nother deep dive in and of itself. But, um, yeah, so you can look at like the big time content creators. They usually have a little bit more of like a cinematic approach to things, but they also are a wealth of knowledge. And then you can look at like, even like Joe Schmo out hiking with his phone and records it for YouTube, puts it up there. And it's like his experience. He might even just be putting it up for him and his family to view later. But if he makes it public, you can go in and then you get a perspective of essentially like a firsthand experience of what that trip might look like. And yeah, it can be really helpful, even if it's not the most put together cinematic video that you've ever seen. That's okay. So definitely don't underestimate YouTube for that kind of stuff. I personally love watching YouTube. Um, I watch it more than like Netflix and all that kind of stuff. My husband and I both love YouTube. So another place is online blogs. So they usually give really, really great step-by-step how-tos. A lot of them give like a full itinerary with full details, like where to stay, where to camp, um, their recommendations for restaurants, that kind of stuff. So there are some incredible blogs on the internet for any kind of adventure stuff. Like, like I said, hiking, backpacking, uh, rock climbing, mountain biking, just road trips in general, like RV type stuff. So yeah, definitely check out blogs. Um, and then one of like the ones that I'm probably going to talk about over and over in this podcast is other people. Talk to other people. Don't be afraid to ask people who have done things that you want to do for advice. Like, I can't stress this enough. So especially like with adventure in the outdoor space, a lot of this is things that people choose to do as a hobby. And you want to talk about your hobbies. Like if you think about it, like you don't want to sit there and talk about work. Like, yeah, maybe someone doesn't want to have their brain picked about like their job or whatever. But me personally, like if someone comes up to me and is like, hey, I really would love to pick your brain about this hike you did or this place that you went or whatever. I'm like more than freaking happy to talk to them and help them have the best experience that they can based off of what I did and things that maybe I didn't do so great that they could learn from. So, and I also know like even the most like quote unquote like shy people, I'll go and pick their brain and they're always so happy to help. So definitely don't ever feel like you are bothering anyone by reaching out to them and just asking like, hey, can I get some advice on how this went? Um, Yeah. And like we said in the motivation podcast, there is so much knowledge and like richness in listening to other people talk about these kinds of things. So definitely don't be afraid to talk to other people and listen to their stories and never, ever, ever, please don't ever feel like you are bothering them by asking questions. And with that being said as well, Sarah and I are always, always here to answer any questions that you guys might have. We're not professionals by any means, but this is our obsession. So chances are we can either help with the question that you have, or we can point you in the right direction to figure out someone who definitely can. 
Okay, so next one is maps. I love maps. I could talk a whole 10 episodes. Like I could have like a whole podcast season on maps because I love them so much. Kind of like fire lookouts. Um, yeah, I've, I'm just, I'm an, I know I'm a map nerd and I know that that's not everybody's thing, but kind of for two reasons, I think that everybody should be familiar with how to read a map. One, definitely for safety. Um, devices fail you guys. And like, you just, you always want to go prepared. So I really think that you should at least know the basic basics of how to read and operate a map and compass. Um, that being said, the second thing is they're really, really great for finding trails, finding places to go, finding like geographical features, all sorts of stuff. So funny enough, one of my favorite uh, map apps to use is Apple Maps. And it's for a very specific reason, which is finding like the more foothill or like smaller pockets of mountains and mountain ranges. And that sounds kind of weird because it's Apple Maps, but, and Google Maps might be the same, like if you have an Android, definitely check it out. But on Apple Maps, like you have, I mean, you have your main ones, like you have like the Rocky Mountains, you have the Appalachians, you have the Andes down in South America. You know, you have like all your big mountain ranges um, that almost every single map has. But if you get on Apple Maps and then you zoom in to those mountain ranges just enough to where you start to see those sub-region mountains pop up, those are labeled so nicely on Apple Maps. So like the Rocky Mountains, if you just go in and you type in like things to do in the Rocky Mountains or things to do, like trails to see, places to go in the Rocky Mountains. Rocky Mountains go clear from like Alaska to Mexico, essentially. Like they're a very long chain of mountains. So you're going to get a ton of information. You're not going to narrow it down at all. So that's why you want to look at those like sub-region categories of mountains and like the pockets of stuff. It doesn't even have to be mountains that are like foothills to the bigger chains of mountains it can like there's random mountains all over the united states that have absolutely nothing to do with the rockies or the appalachians but what i'm saying is like for example if you're looking at the rocky mountains like for where i live you look at the rocky mountains and then you zoom in a little bit and you start to see the bitterroot mountains and then you zoom in a little bit more and then you see the clearwater mountains to the west so when you find out these little pockets of mountains you can look up trails and stuff by those and you get way, way, way more specific detail and way more narrowed down information on the place that you want to go. So uh, yeah, definitely like if you just take the time to look up just different geographical regions and search for like different pockets of mountain ranges, that will do you wonders as far as narrowing your search down. And then you can kind of categorize all the places that you want to go according to those and location and yeah, get a feel for how you're going to plan your trip. Um, I guess with that being said, I'm really focusing on mountains because that's where like that's the places that I like to go. But even if you like more like deserty places or like basins or like plains and stuff like that, then you can look at that. Like maps are just they're amazing for so, so much. OK, so another map app that I absolutely love. I've loved it for years and years. I remember tinkering around on this when I was a little kid on my mom and dad's computer, but that's Google Earth. So Google Earth is great for 3D satellite imagery, like geographical features. You can like get not a bird's eye view, I guess, not like an overhead aerial view, but more of like a, how do I describe it? Like an airplane view or like a like drone style view of 
mountains and areas that you want to go, which is so cool because you literally get like that 3D visual before you go to a place. So that helps so much with like navigation, you guys. And, and that's also like a safety thing too. I mean, you don't have to go this in depth with planning your, your adventures, but I do think that there's safety in knowledge and familiarizing yourself with the area that you're about to go explore, especially if you've never been there before or with your, or if you're with people that who have never been there before either. Google Earth is so great for like getting that view as if you're already there so that if you're on the trail and like your phone dies or your GPS dies or you lose your map or whatever, like heaven forbid something happened, but you are familiar with the area enough to where you can navigate yourself back out of that area and back to safety. It's also just really interesting to me. So definitely, um, yeah, don't underestimate using Google Earth as a tool for like familiarizing yourself with areas. And I will say too, you guys, you can never, no matter how much research you do, you will never ruin the actual experience. So no matter how familiar familiar you are, or no matter how much, like how many pictures you look at or videos or anything like that, I am promising you, like promising you that it will not take anything away from seeing it in person. So don't be afraid to deep dive into this stuff. Don't be afraid to like completely nerd out on it and like get all the information from every perspective. Once you show up in person, that's a completely different, fully immersed experience that you can only experience when you're there in person. And we talked about that kind of in the motivation podcast episode as well. But yeah, I promise you, you're not going to ruin anything. You're not going to like take away from the actual experience if you do your research and really look at everything um, beforehand. Okay, so a few more specific resources that I use for planning trips and adventures are number one, all trails. So all trails is like this database of a ton of different trails all over the globe that um, essentially I think it's put together by people actually doing the trails and recording their track and then like taking pictures, labeling them, all that kind of stuff. And then it's like put on the all trails map. Um, it's a really awesome resource for finding places to go, especially if like you're going to an area and you have absolutely no idea where to go. That's one of my favorite apps to look at. There's a list feature. So you can like divide up like your little bucket lists of hikes that you want to do and sort them. I like to sort mine according to region, um, or like years. Like if I make like summer 2022, list summer 2023 list that kind of stuff so then it's like more tailored down to like the specific ones that I want to do for that summer because you only have like three to four months max usually for like high mountain ranges if you're lucky um but then you can also do it by region so like if someone's like hey I want to go to this state then you can go to your all trails list and be like oh these are a bunch of trails that I've wanted to do in that state let's hit these while we're there um there is a map feature too so like even if you don't know specifically like a trail that you want to look up you can just tap the map feature and then it pops up with little waypoints of where the trailheads are and then you can look according to the map which is really fun too it's really nice for finding trails that maybe not are mentioned on like youtube and blogs and that kind of stuff you can just kind of find like the more quote-unquote off the beaten path trails but i will say the really off the beaten path trails are probably not going to be on all trails (laughs) so just know that as well So also on the hike data, you can look up the elevation gains and losses, the mileage. Um, You can read reviews from other hikers on that hike, which 
those three things are very, very useful, especially because I will say the mileage on all trails is not always 100% correct. And the like navigation feature on it isn't also always 100% correct. We'll get to what I actually use and what I double check stuff with in a second. But um, like I said, a lot of all trails is put together by people recording their tracks, doing a hike, and then they come back and then they upload it to all trails with the pictures, with the information, all that kind of stuff. And so if someone like goes off trail or does something completely different than you, that's going to show up as like the quote unquote actual trail. So that's why I always double check mine and I don't necessarily always navigate by all trails, but it gives you a really, really solid idea of the general like hike that you're going to do. Um, so it is, it's still a great tool, but I will say just double check the navigation and like the mileage and that kind of stuff with other apps. Um, but the reviews part of that that I mentioned, like people go on and then they write trail reviews and they give, like you can give like a synopsis of how your, your hike went and that kind of stuff, which is so useful because a lot of time if the mileage is off or like if the navigation is off, people will put that on the review and then you can kind of know, okay, I definitely need to look at another app for, you know, like double checking that I'm going to actually know where I'm going once I'm out there. Um, and then you can look at like trail conditions because a lot of people talk about like if there's a ton of mosquitoes that time of year or if there's snow or just anything like water sources, all that kind of stuff. So definitely look at the reviews on all trails. Other hikers are usually more than happy to like share their experience and talk about it. Like I said, so there's a wealth of knowledge in that. And there is a pro version available of the app that you can download the maps and navigate offline with. Um, but you can totally get by totally with the free version of the app. So yeah. And then you can follow people. People can follow you. It's kind of fun. You know, you can build the community with that. But the next app that I use is called Gaia GPS. It's G-A-I-A. And this is so far one of the most accurate like navigation apps that I have found as far as like trail navigation and stuff like that goes and like water sources and everything. And it's really great for mileage and elevation gains and losses. In my opinion, it might be even, oh no, it is more accurate than all trails. Um, but I do use it to double check with all trails. So I definitely don't write off all trails, but I, I kind of take those with a grain of salt. That's kind of just like where I get my ideas from. And then I go to Gaia and I look up the trails and then that is what I usually kind of plan my trip on. Um, there's also a really cool feature where you can, so like say you're looking at the trailhead on the map and the actual trail that takes off, you can press and hold down on your screen at the trailhead or wherever you're wanting, you're wanting to like start this measurement from, but you can press and hold and then it puts a little like marker there and then you can literally press and hold anywhere on that trail and it will automatically trace that line for you and tell you all of the elevation gains and losses, all of the mileage and everything. And it's so, so nice. And then you can like save that. And on your map, that's, you know, it's like highlighted for when you're out offline and you're looking at that to navigate. It's so nice to be able to follow that, like that line that you traced. Um, so you don't get lost. But yeah, and then you can also like piece trails together like that. So what I really like about Gaia is it's a lot more customizable than all trails. So let's say you, like for instance, 
my friends and I, well, Sarah and Kenzie and I just went on this backpacking trip and it's in a lot more remote place than like national parks and stuff like that. So I pieced together kind of two different trails and got all the information and the data from that. And it was just, yeah, that like the hike that we did, it's not on all trails. It's not on the internet anywhere to be found. Like the pieces of it are, but using Gaia to connect those dots, like quite literally to connect those dots on the trail to navigate offline was the biggest help ever, especially because a lot of the trails were not maintained and it could have gotten very easy for us to get off track. So I highly recommend Gaia so far. Like I said, it's the most accurate for trail navigation. Um, and it obviously has roads and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't even have to just be trails, but yeah. Okay. So the next one that I use specifically for fires in the summer is called Onyx Maps. So it's O-N capital X. And one of the kind of more like downside features of the West is we get forest fires in the summer. It's just, it always happens every single year. It sucks. A lot of the time it'll kind of like cancel your plans. Um, but I mean, don't, don't be dumb. Like if there's fires in the area, cancel those plans. <laughs> you don't want to put yourself in a dangerous situation that forces others to put themselves in a dangerous situation to come find you. It's just don't mess with forest fires. So um, I was actually really excited because this summer on Onyx, I found out like that so far, if anybody else has found a better resource, I would love to hear about it. But so far, it's the most accurate and most um, frequently updated app that I have found. So if you go on Onyx, there's like a forest fire layer. And by looking on that, you can see where the current and also where the old forest fires have been. So like if anybody likes to pick mushrooms or anything like that, like if there's like a recent in the last couple of years fire area, great pay, great place to go pick mushrooms. That's just a little sidebar to use for that layer of the app. But anyway, so if you're using it for like current fires, um, it's yeah, it's just it's so great. I think they update every day. I'm not sure they might update once a week. But for instance, the reason I think they update every single day is this summer I was at work and one of my customers came in. He's like, hey, did you hear the, about the fire, you know, up by this little town? And I was like, no, not yet. You know, like it wasn't on Facebook, like nothing. And so I got curious and I went on Onyx and it was already there. Like, and that's a tiny little fire behind a tiny little town in tiny little North central Idaho. So I was so impressed by that. It blew my mind. And I was just like, all right, this seems like an app that I can definitely trust if I'm going to go hiking in the middle of fire season where there's thunderstorms rolling through, I'm going to use this. Like absolutely check that. I highly recommend it. The only downfall I will say is I think you do have to subscribe to that app. I think it might be like 40 to $50 a year. So definitely affordable, but I understand like if you don't want to spend all your money on apps, I get that that's, you know, like it's 40 to $50 that you might not want to spend on an app. So I understand that, but it, I do highly recommend if you're going to go where there are typically forest fires, highly recommend looking at that. Um, like there's even, my dad's a forester and he told me to go look at this website. Um, and it, it, Onyx was more, more accurate than that website that like the foresters use. So I'm not kidding when I say so far it has been the most accurate. So if you do want to take forest fire seriously, definitely get Onyx. Um, yeah, another like with that too, I also check like the USGS Forest Service 
Facebook um, pages. They usually post photos, updates, trail closures, that kind of stuff. And with the photos, you can look at the air quality. So, like, even it, let's say that you're going to go hiking down by, like, McCall, Idaho. Okay. So, you look up, like, Payette National Forest or, you, you know, United States Forest Service, Payette, whatever their, their Facebook page is for that region. And you can look up the air quality because even if the trail that you're on is completely fine and it's away from the fire, you're still most likely going to be affected by the smoke. And you don't want to go exert yourself in like disgustingly nasty smoke air. (laughs) So get on there. You can look at like the pictures that they post or any updates that they give and that kind of stuff. So those two things paired together, I love using for forest fires. All right. So, um... The next one, I guess talking about like Facebook while we're on that topic, I always go to Facebook mainly for Facebook groups. So you can find a ton of like hiking Facebook groups, mountaineering Facebook groups, biking. Usually they're like divided by state or region. So like for instance, I'm a part of Girls Who Hike Idaho. Um, Like there's one for like the sawtooth backpacking and hiking. There's like an ultralight backpacking hiking that's like nationwide or maybe even worldwide that I'm a part of and you can get tips and tricks for like gear that kind of stuff so yeah Facebook groups I've kind of touched on them a little bit in this episode but they are awesome for community I guess like if you want to ask people for their experiences or just kind of like read on people's experiences those are awesome for that kind of stuff and sidebar I actually just picked up a pretty much brand new Garmin in reach for like half off off of one of those groups because you can also be a part of like um, outdoor gear buy sell trade that kind of thing and I was so 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 excited <laughs> so now I have my own my husband and I have had a Garmin in reach for a very very long time and we use it every single time that we go out in the mountains but now I have my own so him and I can talk to each other if we're separated like out in the mountains and I got it for dirt cheap and it was like brand new. So definitely don't underestimate the power of Facebook groups. All right. So I'm looking through my notes here. I think that's pretty much it. This episode was more in like a list format, but I use all of these things in conjunction with each other. So if you want to write down like all these different tools and resources, then yeah, hopefully they'll work for you. And like I said, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Um, but This is just kind of what works for me, especially living in the West. And yeah, so um, it might sound, it might kind of sound like this was like a crazy overload of information too. I'm very sorry if it did, but once you kind of familiarize yourself with even just like a few of these different things, it becomes second nature. So if you've never been into like doing stuff outside on your own or like, exploring places that you've never been or kind of being the one to spearhead the plan, then yeah, use these. Look them up. A lot of it, like almost all of these were free. So I hope they help. And like I said too, it Sarah and I are just always open to helping anybody. So you can reach out. Our Instagram is exploremore.podcast. Um, yeah, that's kind of the best way to find us. Give us a follow shameless plug and then slide into our dms if you have any questions and like i said we're not professionals but we can either help out if we do have the answer or get you somewhere to get the right answer so yeah hope you guys enjoy this episode um i get really excited about this kind of stuff and 
Just wanted to share how I plan my adventures. Hope this helps. And until next time, get out and explore more. Thank you again for tuning into the Explore More podcast. It would mean the world to us if you left a quick review wherever you're listening from. And be sure to share it with someone who you think it might resonate with. To keep up with even more adventures, follow us on Instagram at exploremore.podcast. And always remember, wherever life takes you, explore more.